Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2020 Week 6 DraftKings Picks and preview each position. You want to find the position you want to hear about, you go to the index, you click the button, boom! You're at the position you need to be at. But I suggest you just listen to the entire show and what you can do more than just watching the entire show or listening to the entire show. Probably some background noise, the Pat Mayo Experience. That's how I assume that people consume this product. Smash the like button to the episode in the comment section. Please tell me your single favorite value below $5,000, no defense or tight end. So running back or wide receiver below $5,000 you think is a must play in week six. Also, if you want to get your hands on projections, cornerback, wide receiver matchups, all of the tools to help you succeed, helping me succeed. I'm not losing every week anymore, which is a huge fucking achievement. FTNDaily.com, already 25% off. Use code MAYO. You get more of a discount. You can find the link in the description of this video and podcast. Highly suggest it. And we do a behind the paywall show on Friday evenings, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time Live. Myself and three DraftKings pros. I mean, I'm not the pro, so I'm just asking the pros, like, my real fish questions. And they're like, no, MAYO, you're a moron. Here's what you're supposed to do. Anyway, it's not bad. Um, DKPlaybook.com is where you can find the cheat sheet, my cheat sheet, for the week. And I'll have a pivots column for DraftKings at each position up on FTNDaily.com as well. Check out the other shows throughout the week. Good spread show this week. Good ranking show. Me and Jake really got into it. But instead of just you know randomly asking weird people to come on the show all the time, I was like... I had Ben Raza on for the golf show on Wednesday. Let's just make it Ben Raza week on the Pat Mayo experience. So from awesomeo.com, Ben Raza, what's up? Nothing. Happy to be back. Yeah, back to uh, did a little golf. Now we'll do a little football, round out the week nicely. So you and I kind of take the same approach when it comes to, because this is basically like a, I wouldn't say it's a first look show. It's usually like a first look show for my guest and I as we talk through this slightly. We have our ideas coming in, but I usually try to keep the prices of the players like out of sight, out of mind for most of the time before I do this show. And then we can like react to it in real time. And I know you kind of do it the same way. What was the biggest thing that you kind of noticed from this slate just to kick it off? Yeah, I mean, so, well, I, I will say two things. One, the week is all messed up because Tuesday night football and no Thursday night football messed me up. But when I opened it up, I mean, the first thing you notice is that the amount of Q tags that we have, the whole thing is littered. So there's injuries all over the place, but it didn't open up. I thought, oh man, there's going to be a ton of pay down options. I didn't see that one despite all the injuries. And that was a little surprising. So the, I guess the big thing that we're dealing with right now, we don't know the answers to these questions as we're recording. We might not know them hell until... Sunday morning at this point. Uh, Four Falcons tested positive for COVID. That game is now in jeopardy. That was my favorite game of the week to go stack. And of course, uh, I wanted to go stack that game. I wanted to use Cousins. I wanted to use Thielen and Jefferson, maybe fade Madison because I knew that he would be a very popular play with Delvin Cook out and then bring it back with if Julio ends up playing, I figured he'd be the low owned piece or just say, fuck it and go with Calvin Ridley. It sounded like a really easy way to win this week. And then, of course, on the spread show, Cust locks in Atlanta as his super lock and everyone has COVID. So this is I always think that these games are going to be pushed or going to be moved around or not happen. But it does seem to me like they're making the best efforts to make them happen if they can at this point. Yeah, I mean, they've been I thought we'd already be where there's week 18. Um And so far, I think ultimately we're going to get there, but they seem to be willing to juggle things and shift teams around and force them to take bye weeks to keep it in 17 weeks. So 
we'll have to see what happens. That's one of the best games on the slate. A lot of options on both sides. If it doesn't happen, we're down to a 10-game slate, and that will obviously change things. Uh, additionally, if you have start-sick questions for season-long or DraftKings or whatever, I do the Friday evening show where we go through all of the injuries for the week, the DraftKings ownership, and in the comment section on YouTube for that video is where I do the Q&A. So if you have any questions... Leave them in the Friday night show. I will answer them on Saturday evening once I have a bit more information as well. If you want rankings and everything like that, just check out the description. So much stuff hidden in that description. I don't think anyone ever clicks on it, Ben. Got to do it. A lot of hidden gems in there. Yeah, sometimes I even put in like super discount codes to things just to see if anyone clicks on it. They don't. So just check out the description. Hidden stuff in there all the time. Let's talk running backs because... When we go to the top, it's Aaron Jones now at $7,600. No McCaffrey, no Cook this week. He's followed by Derrick Henry, Madison, James Conner, Mike Davis, all $7,000 and above. I don't know if people are going to pay up for Aaron Jones because they're going to see on paper, hey, this Tampa team is excellent against the run. We never know what's going on in the Packers' backfield. Is it going to be Aaron Jones or is Jamal Williams going to have eight catches in this game? I don't know. But Vita Vita is out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can see their run defense not being good anymore for that simple fact. And if he's not going to be clogging up the A-gaps, if you just look at where the Packers gain most of the yardage in the running game where Aaron Jones does, it's directly on either side of the center. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a really appealing game. Highest total on the slate right now at 55. And it's true. You look at, you know, opponents' yards per rushing attempt. Tampa first in the league, just under three yards a carry. Uh, very impressive. Now, Vita Vea being out could change that. You can start with Jones and get exposure to that game. I think most people will go to the passing attack. But then you see right below him, you do have Derrick Henry in a good matchup against Houston. Obviously, we know he's going to get the volume. So I think if you start with Jones, that's going to be a little, I don't want to say sneaky, but it will be different because I expect most people to target the Packers through the air. If that Atlanta game ends up going, I can see a lot of people trying to jam in Henry and Madison. Oh, for sure. Um, now, DraftKings did a good job. I, I Again, when I opened the slate, I thought that we were going to see like 4,800 Madison and he was going to be 70% owned. He's a very reasonable tag, but at the same time, it's still very appealing at, at 7,200. I actually, besides Aaron Jones, who I just figure is going to come in low owned, and you'll probably want to check out the Friday show or go to FTNDaily.com, check out the ownership projections on Friday evening when they get their first run through. It's just really weird without a Thursday game this week. Like, my, yeah. my it's funny how, like, you, you get into such a routine of doing content and talking about shows and looking for injuries. I feel like I've been really lax the last, like, 14 hours or so and keeping up with injuries and everything. And then I woke up this morning and did my deep dive into everything. But I'm usually so into that on Wednesdays. I was like, there's no Thursday game. Like, I can kind of give myself a little bit of a break here. This is great. But I love Mike Davis in this matchup against the Bears. That people think that, you know, the Bears defense is really good. It is pretty good. I, I'm not going to lie about that. I can see this being a lower scoring game than we've used to see the Panthers playing over the past few weeks. But Mike Davis is Christian McCaffrey as it pertains to fantasy scoring. Well, he's 80% Christian McCaffrey, where 80% Christian McCaffrey at $7,000 is a value. He just is. Yeah, I mean... They're giving him the Christian McCaffrey workload. And when you have a full PPR situation like this, it adds up quickly. The guy's got 33 targets, which is very impressive, but they're easy targets. He's got 30 receptions on those targets. So he's going to catch these balls last week, another nine. He had five before that eight and eight. That's going to give him an amazing floor, even at seven. So obviously if he finds the end zone. That's going to get him there. 
but you got to like the situation. I don't think there's any game script where he gets phased out. If they're trailing, that could actually be a benefit to a guy like this. Yeah, or if it's a close game and, I mean, the Bears' corners have been excellent so far this season, so if they do manage to take out more and take out Robbie Anderkast, then all of a sudden you're dealing with a situation where it's going to be dump off City. He, If you prorated his stats for the year, he'd be on pace for 156 catches. Yeah, that, that'll play. I mean, like I said, they're... I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but he is getting that workload and the Panthers offense is really, I'm not saying it's built around him, but he's an integral part, uh, you know, more and Samuel and Anderson on the outside. Those are tougher matchups. I, I think Mike Davis is in a, for another big workload. I think 20, 25 touches is very reasonable once again. So that leaves James Connor as the only other plus yep. 700 or $7,000 running back. I like James Connor fine, but this is not a price tag. I like every single week, like I just you're just randomly watching the Eagles and Steelers game from last week. It's like, oh, great, James Conner, goal line carries. Oh no, it's Benny Snell. Like, they're they're mixing in the other guys more often than I ever would have figured. I mean, first of all, James Conner, it's seemingly he gets injured every time I play him, so that's not a great start. Uh, Seventy one hundred. I'm not. I didn't see the tag, and I didn't think, oh my god, he's way overpriced. But at the same time, I didn't see myself running to him. At and you kind of mentioned it. They do use Snell. It's an offense that obviously can throw the ball. He's getting reasonable volume on the ground, at, you know, 15 plus carries and three straight. But at the same time, I don't know how big that ceiling is. The matchup is fine. Cleveland has shown they're somewhat susceptible. Uh, and Pittsburgh is a slight favorite at home, but he's probably someone that I, I don't really get too much. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, I mean, Derek and Madison or Henry and Madison are probably the two obvious choices. Jones, I think is a decent pivot just because everyone, like you said, will likely go to Derek Henry. But I do think that Mike Davis like per dollar and upside wise with those receptions is probably my favorite. And I can kind of lump Aaron Jones into that too. My biggest reservation with Aaron Jones would be that his splits with Devonte Adams playing are not great. I mean, the Packers just have, obviously a lot of weapons and you mentioned jamal williams already it, it's a weird slate because we really don't have top top options uh Devontae adams is flat 8k other than that there's nobody north of that in salary so you're not breaking the bank to play aaron jones but at the same time i i don't think that he's in the best situation and there's the Packers can get it done in a lot of ways. A lot of touchdowns up for grabs. So there's a mentality when you're constructing your lineups. Obviously, you want to find your two or three running backs who are absolute studs and then you know, configure your lineups around those. Get your safe points and then you know, swing for the fences in the 4K range on, at wide receiver or a cheap tight end, something like that. You want to solidify using good running backs to start your lineups. And then you look at this like below $7,000 level. You got Hunt, Robinson, Miles Sanders, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon uh, is up after him. Then Ronald Jones is $6,000. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I don't think, is going to play after his DUI. I'm not sure how that's going to end up working. I think that's like an auto suspension, but we'll see. David Montgomery is shaping up to be the most popular play on the slate. But then you got Gibson and Gaskin and David Johnson uh, just below him. Le'Veon Bell is obviously cut. He's not playing anymore. That I think that... If you wanted to start with Mike Davis as your highest price running back or just avoid the entire sevens, that you could get away with that this week. A lot of these like second tier, third tier running backs just have really good matchups. Yeah, I mean, guys like, you know, Jonathan Taylor burst on the scene. Certainly Mac going down solidified his role. 
But in the last couple of weeks, they've either been trailing or, you know, they were ahead by so much against the Jets. I don't think we've seen the full workload uh, in that many situations. 6,400, great matchup, big favorite at home against Cincinnati. I think this is probably a Jonathan Taylor game. Miles Sanders is, I mean, listen, I didn't think that he could do it against the Steelers. If you can do it against that defense, you can do it against anyone. Most of the points came on a very long run, but he is explosive. Certainly more of a tournament play, but I, I agree. You could really pepper this range. Montgomery is going to be popular for good reason. I like Jonathan Taylor quite a bit this week, though. Uh, I actually like going back to James Robinson after he burned everyone last week. The Lions actually do have the worst run defense in the league. They are three-and-a-half-point dogs at home, but at the same time, can you trust the Lions to do anything besides, like, jump out 14 nothing, then blow the lead? As long as James Robinson continues to see work on passing downs, which was minimized last week with Chris Thompson seeing upwards of, like, 37% of the snaps. But even if that's going to be his role, he plays, like, 66% of the snaps in games that they're losing, I think I'm okay with that as long as he's picking up like four or five catches along the way. He's still going to get the goal line work if they get down that way. And Jacksonville played a lot better than the actual result of their game against Houston last week. And they actually have an even better matchup this time around. And I think where Robinson was so owned last week that people were just, and with all the different like good options around him, that no one's going to go to him. I like that game too. Uh, and we'll get there. So. I think that's fine. We'll see what's up uh, on the outside with the Jaguars. Shark was Injured, that was painful last week. Really needed him, and he did not get it done. So Robinson may be thrust into an even bigger role. Competitive game, good total. Uh, I don't mind that at all. Robinson's been really impressive to start the season. How do you think that the information and the uncertainty about Atlanta and Minnesota is going to affect this slate in terms of ownership? Because I try to talk through this a lot with some people, and they don't quite get the concept of a lot of people... They either fill out lineups on Sunday morning or they like pick a Friday, pick a Saturday, whenever they fill out their lineup. And that's kind of their lineup. Though you'd be surprised the amount of dead money that's actually out there of people who enter lineups that people will say, oh, I don't know if that's game, that game's going to happen. I'm just not going to use guys from those games. Then everyone from that game just comes in super low owned when it's announced that it's still happening on Sunday. Do you think that's something that could be in effect this week for all the Falcons and all the Vikings? Oh, for sure. Um, I think it's more prevalent that way than if the game gets canceled. Like if the game gets canceled, I don't expect to see ownership, you know, significant ownership on these guys. But there's a lot of people I feel like fall into the mentality of news breaks. But if it doesn't affect their actual team, they don't change things. So if they build around this game and then the game is played, a lot of people will say, "Okay, well, that's fine. I already built my lineup. My guys are still fine. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, and that's where you can get an edge. These guys in a great game could be slightly, you know, they'll still garner ownership, but it won't be what it would have been if this never happened. If you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, go to that description that I talked about earlier or the comment section of the video or podcast. The Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League link is in there right now. It's filling very quickly. $15 to play, three max entry. No rank, only 2,500 spots this week. Very exclusive. So, Get your ass in that tournament. Go re- go reserve your seat. I think I'm going to keep it, Ben, at $2,500, like, or 2,500 entries. Like, it's fun to have it up at 7000 Then it just becomes like a GPP that no one can win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, listen, that's like my ideal, 2500 Because, you know, you get off to a good start. You're not in like, oh, I'm in 800th. Like, you can be in 60th. You can, be, you can actually see the top of the board. Uh, nice little format. My favorite tournament. I, I second that. Everyone should get in it immediately. Ronald Jones. 
I because oh, ex- we don't know what's going on at all with Godwin, with Evans, with Scott Miller. Obviously, OJ Howard is out. Leonard Fournette, we still don't know what's going on with his ankle. Shady McCoy doesn't look like he's going to play. Keyshawn Vaughn, I think, was knocked out last Thursday, so who knows what's going on with him. Should we just play Ronald Jones? Because I don't like Ronald Jones, but he's looked really good. He has, uh, and I'm not sure. that That's the thing. So they've, well, that game against the Bears was just horrendous, but not by him. He's getting a ton of work, and I don't know if that's a product of a lot of these injuries of the backfield seemingly having nobody else uh, with Vaughn and McCoy. You, you mentioned them. It kind of feels like you just keep going to him if he's going to give you 20 touches and he's going to be an element in the passing game. I don't know why we would shy away from him in a good matchup with a Green Bay team that also can put up points. So we'll see what the Bucks do in terms of health, but you have to make a case for a flat 6K guy who right now is dominating the touches in the backfield. I guess the one argument against him is that there are cheaper guys who do the same thing. So I'm interested to see, and obviously this is one of the many reasons why ownership is really important. David, if he's a fraction of David Montgomery's ownership, I'll probably roll the dice in spots. Now, if they're similar, I get the David Montgomery is in a phenomenal spot against the Panthers run defense, which is non-existent, but he's getting a third. Yeah, it's awful. If you're getting a third of the ownership, uh, you got to consider that. Uh, if you go to FTNDaily.com right now, there are free tools up there as well. There's the air yards tool. There's also the offense and defensive line tools uh, where you can look at adjusted line yards. It's funny that the Jets are third in adjusted line yards against. They only give up 3.2 yards, like adjusted wise, uh, on each run. Yet they are one of the worst run defenses in the league. Basically, if they don't tackle you at the line of scrimmage, you're probably going to score an 80 yard touchdown. So instead of going up to someone like Ronald Jones off David Montgomery, why not down to Miles Gaskin? God, I I worry about Miles Gaskin because they just have so. They're another team. You mentioned Connors, like Miami. When Jordan Howard gets in there and he just steals all the touchdowns, and if they're up by so much, I don't know exactly what Gaskin will give you in the, in the passing game, and that's what worries me. I don't know if he can have a big game if it's just on the ground. I think maybe the game script would be more important for him possibly trailing, and obviously against the Jets, that's pretty doubtful. What if we got news like we did last week that Jordan Howard would be inactive again? Yeah, I mean, that would that would help. I mean, obviously still have other bodies, but he's just someone that when, when I see him active, we, we've seen it. I mean, the guy's got three touchdowns uh, in the weeks that he was active and he's done absolutely nothing on the ground. He is the ultimate vulture right now. So I 5,400 is, is a reasonable tag. It's obviously a good game script, but you really want to make sure... If he's not going to get the passing volume, you want to make sure he has some TD equity. So the only other guys from down here, uh, we didn't really talk about Joe Mixon at all. And that's usually when (laughs) Joe Mixon goes off uh, in bad matchups where no one wants to play him. I mean, yeah, I'm a a Joe Mixon guy. I like to target him. His offensive line is awful. But honestly, at this point, he's used to that massive volume, Uh, you know, 30 touches in two straight games. I don't know if he can continue that, but when you're doing that, I mean, you can get there on volume alone. It's not a good matchup. Will be low-owned. It's tough. I think I would rather play Ronald. Honestly, I think I'd roll the dice with Sanders before I rolled the dice with Mixon. I'm just trying to check in. I don't see any news update on Darius Leonard yet. But if Leonard sits again, like the Colts defense didn't look great 
last week that I think they might be a little bit softer with all their injuries than a lot of people just see on paper that Mixon could shape up to be a really good play in this spot. And the past two weeks, his involvement in the receiving game seems to be real. And if that's the case, like he actually has a floor all of a sudden, which he never had before. Yeah, it's fantastic because Gio is not a guy that not that I'm not a fan of him. I just I hate that they gave him so much work and it really hurt Mixon. So if he's going to do that, that would be very clutch. And the, it's true, the Colts, I mean, I think you can blame some of it on Rivers just being, I think he's done, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, certainly not the best unit if they're really banged up. Uh, I have to see the ownership. If, if he's really low-owned, you can always make a case, but if he's even remotely popular, I'll probably go elsewhere. Uh, Gibson is 55. David Johnson is 54. Damian Harris is an even 5000 Then you have Devonta Freeman at $4,900. I think all four of those guys are viable, but I can't really wrap my mind around which one that I actually like, so I might just not use any of them. I mean, again, this is where I was a little surprised that there's not a not great value on the slate. With Cam coming back, I, I, I think that really hurts the, the backs of New England. Okay, well, let, let me throw this back to you we don't know for sure if he's back he's been taken off the COVID list which does seem like it's going to be cam versus lock this week in new england but he hurts the touchdown equity of all of these running backs but he also opens up massive running lanes for these running backs as well and we've seen that whenever new england has been up in games this year against like weaker opponents and the broncos certainly qualify as that as of this moment uh, as new england are gigantic favorites or expected to be gigantic favorites in this game that they might run the ball like 55 times they, they definitely could do that then you get into the situation though it shortens the game a lot and it's hard to get big time production now when you're when you're flat five you can single him certainly not going to be part of any stacks and i get that if you want to roll him with their defense or something like that i still worry about cam especially on the goal line because he's not you know he's not in the lamar bucket where it's like oh cam could get the 100 yard bonus No, but Cam could get three touchdowns on the ground. He's that type of threat, and that comes directly at the other backs. Yeah, he's he's very Josh Allen-y when it comes to scoring fantasy points, not Lamar-like. Yeah, and that's to me, that's worse for for the running backs. Uh, Below that, I mean, Freeman at 4,900, I don't love it, especially with Chase Young back. (laughs) Uh, I just don't want it. I would probably rather take Gibson in that spot. But below there, like you now have Philip Lindsay potentially opened up at $4,300 with Melvin Gordon expected to miss this game. Would you go to him? Would you go to one of the Jets guys at an even 4,000 against Miami, whose defense, not great at all? I would probably go with P. Ryan over Gore because Gore reeks, but... Gore will probably get like 35 touches in this game for 41 yards. I, I can't. I can't get to Frank Gore. That's not going to happen. It's a revenge game. It, well, I mean, he, at some point, it's probably revenge against every team. Um, Lindsey's inter- 43. I, I, I don't mind that. We haven't seen much of him. But like you said, I have no reason to suspect. I think you're automatically. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I just assume that Melvin Gordon will not be playing. I don't think you're allowed to play after something like that. So he should be in line for major work on the ground. Lock could be back. The little boost. They're just so banged up there. What an awful season for Denver. Someone's gonna have to get it. And 4,300 is a, a different price tag than we have available. So he could make your lineup somewhat unique in that regard. That's what I would. I, do you think that people will go to him? Like when Melvin Gordon is officially declared out, be like, oh, Philip Lindsay, let's go. Because I don't think it's all of a sudden 
hey, Philip. I mean, he's just returning his, this will be his first game back from a foot injury that's held him out since week one. So there's that. So Royce Freeman might eat into some of his work here. And we just see the Broncos backfield from last year, which no one really wanted anyway. I think that people will be drawn to it because it's like, oh, Melvin Gordon's out. Let me look. Oh, Philip Lindsay. Like I, you know, he was certainly higher salary because he was in a different role last year and he had some explosive games. So I think people will look there ultimately on a slate like this. It's still, you know, it's only Thursday. I'm not sure how many teams I'm going to really need relief like that. So I will look to him, but you mentioned Royce Friedman and it's not a great spot on paper in general. So 43 can open up some salary, but I don't think this is one where you have to go there or you're going to be left behind. Could I interest you in any of the Lions running backs in a gravy matchup? Oh, God. <laughs> Why do the Lions make things so, so difficult? Wait till they it, sign, like, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, sure. They probably will, too. Um, I'm such a carry-on fan. I think he's fantastic. And, you know, it's just you're playing Russian roulette with these guys. I, I don't know how you try to decipher between – the three of them and Swift has shown promise. And if you didn't drop that ball, it could have had an extra win. I don't think I can you can you are you gonna try to do that? I mean, it seems like a very dicey situation. Well, it, it seems like a very like realistic me move to do to take <laughs> like just crappy running back and try to pick correctly and just end up with zero points. I've been playing JD McKissick the past three weeks. So that that's uh-huh. where I'm at with my running backs right now. I'm really trying to make a concerted effort to just pick good players. And I, I think DeAndre Swift is the best of the bunch as it pertains to fantasy scoring because he's gonna get involved in the receiving game. But I mean, realistically, it's the McKissick problem all over again like if you're only going to get four carries and you're going to get seven targets in this game and you're unlikely to score what's that really doing for you like a cash game sure if like the past few weeks i've like i've been using mckissick in these like smaller like 10 person tournaments 20 person tournaments because he's been the min price and i'm like oh i'll pencil him for like 13 points i can spend mm-hmm. wherever else i want uh, i can get two i can jam in the two highest price running backs now because i've used him but in like a large field tournament like 14 points is not cutting it Oh, not at all. I mean, if you're talking yeah, large field tournaments, when these winning scores are, you know, 230, 250, it's almost impossible to get there with that. And I, I don't see a big path to that unless one of them really starts to solidify volume. I'm not I'm no mind reader. I have no idea who that would be. I like this game a lot. I just don't know if it's in the backfield. What are your favorite games this week? Because there's a few like 54 and a half point totals on the board. Like Atlanta, Minnesota was my favorite one to go and stack just because it really felt like that game was easy to stack. You know the pieces that are going to be involved. Then you pick your poison of, hey, is this going to be a Kirk Cousins game? Well, if it is a Kirk Cousins game, both Jefferson and Thielen are going to go automatically off here. And it's not that Madison won't score points, but you hope that everything is derived through the air and bring it back the other way. Or you could just play it the Atlanta side if you really wanted to. Probably wouldn't suggest that, but now that game could be gone. So what you're saying is that like Packers, Bucks, Jacksonville, Lions are the two? Because of the slate, there are very few fast-paced teams, but Jacksonville and Detroit both rank inside the top 10 in offensive pace this year. Yeah, that's that's a game that, like I said, I really like the setup. You mentioned the pace. I think both teams have reasonable weapons in a run-back situation or a stack situation. So that, that game would probably be my favorite. Texans-Titans is interesting just because I could see that getting out there. Uh, should be competitive. You know, Watson is a guy that I, I seemingly go to probably more often than I should. And you have weapons for Tennessee. We have to see what the situation is with their receivers. But those ones, probably my favorite. But it's it's a pretty flat slate. I, I don't think there's 
I mean, there's a couple bad games, but other than that, it's pretty reasonable to look across the board and find some value in each game. Well, the the one that I was not necessarily confused about, but the game total was a lot higher than I would have expected is Browns Steelers. 51 is the game total. Yeah, I, you know, I'm obviously looking at the spreads right now. I, I think it's just, I mean, the Browns defense has been weird. They, they've they been effective, but they also give up more points than you would think. And their offense scores. I mean, they, they don't mind getting in these shootouts. Every Browns game uh, has been re- ridiculous obviously the baltimore game got away from them but since then 65 points total in week two 54 in week three 87 in week four and then 55 last week Uh, they seem to be wanting to get out there and the steelers showed last week that they kind of even with the good defense may may oblige so maybe that's a sneaky game to target I, you really need to, I worry about the Browns this week. I know Baker Mayfield is practicing with his rib problem, but it's not the rib that concerns me. It's like the separated shoulder on his throwing arm that concerns me. Yeah, I'm not a Baker guy. Uh, that would be, I'll tell you this much. If I really target that game, it's almost guaranteed that I, I run a Steeler stack and I pick a Brown. It's Odell. To, yeah, to run it back with. I, I can't imagine I get to Baker. No, I wouldn't get to Baker, but I just worry that he hampers that entire offense if he's trying to play through an injury. That's possible. I mean, we'll have to see what's up with Kareem Hunt is a little banged up as well. They're hurting. They're they're off to a great start, but they're they're hurting, and I'm not a believer in Baker, so we'll see what happens. Uh, are you on Team Tim with this one, where it's, oh, Darnold, way better than Baker? No, I mean, I've always been... Listen, I only get a couple things right in life, but one of them Josh is... Josh Allen? Was Josh Allen, so I've I've always been Josh Allen, and I will stay on that team. Just like you love the raw tools of one Josh Allen, love hey, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert right now. They look fantastic, and I'm very excited to see both of them for many years to come. Well, I mean, Feinberg would enjoy that too. Maybe the Jets can draft a real QB next year. Probably wide, not. Wide receivers for the week. Uh, if you, I talked about that adjusted uh, uh, adjusted. Adjusted line yards tool and offer offenses and defenses up on FDN Daily. Jeff Radcliffe's shadow index and the full wide receiver cornerback matchup rankings are also up on FTNDaily.com. Again, use code Mayo. Get yourself a discount on that. But I'll give away some stuff here. Guess who had the best matchup of the week in terms of easiest matchup against a corner? Thielen. It was Thielen. Guess who was number two? Calvin Ridley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, see? This is why we need to figure out what's going on with this game because, you know, if you remove this game, obviously it impacts each area, but I think wide receiver almost more than anything else. That's two of the top three. It would island Devontae Adams a thousand dollars difference between every other player. That would be a pretty interesting situation. So I've already talked about I like Ridley. I like Thielen a lot. I think if you can get that stack to work, if that game goes, that's what you do. If not, let's pretend like that's not happening now and not talk about that. I would throw Jefferson into that, too, because he has like the fourth best matchup of the week against Isaiah Oliver. But Devontae Adams would be on this island. Now, do we go back to Devontae Adams, who, I mean, he struggled, but that was all injury related. We haven't seen him in a while. Like, is he still the dominant player? Is he a thousand dollars better than Allen Robinson, who's doing his best like Devontae Adams pure volume impression right now? Um, I don't know if, so I don't know if he's a thousand dollars better than him, but at the same time, it's kind of a, a unique roster. Sometimes I like to see a guy that almost looks overpriced because it, it deters ownership and a guy like Adams, when you can get 15 plus targets in games, your, your price is not that important. He can smash any tag. So for flat eight, 
there's more than enough value to make that work. I obviously don't know where he's at. I would think he would slide right back in and be incredibly busy. So I don't mind it. I think the prudent play, you know, there's reasonable guys as we work down in the six Ks, but I'll probably have some teams if Adams is good to go that just jam him and figure out the rest later. The only reason I bring it up with Allen Robinson, because he's putting up like mini Adams numbers right now. And I think that people will be less inclined to use Allen Robinson because I do think that a lot of people use David Montgomery. That's true. Um, and that's a really good point. And you're leveraging within a team, which is always an underrated way to do things. So he's seen 10 plus targets in three straight games. I'm not a like, I don't think they should have. This is a separate conversation. I don't think they should have been benched Trubisky. I, I thought that was stupid. So uh, not the biggest Foles guy, but if he's going to see massive volume like this, you can make a case for him each and every week in both cash and tournaments. So the 6K, when you said that you opened up DraftKings and everyone had a Q tag, did you expect to look at the $6,000 range of receiver and see the only healthy receiver being Will Fuller? Yeah, well, yeah what a world, right? Um, I just assume that he, he, he comes preloaded normally with the Q tag. Got it. I mean, he's found the end zone in three straight, and that's saved him uh, in a couple matchups where I, I expected more in terms of yards and potential bonuses and things like that. Oh, man, I tell you what, I have been waiting and it's starting to show some promise. Hollywood Brown is a guy that I target a lot and he had 10 targets last week, finally got in the end zone. It still wasn't the full smash that I've been waiting for. 6,500, I might just continue to buy on him. Uh, I think a really big game is coming from not just him, but for the Ravens offense in general. Could you use Hollywood Brown as like an isolated player, like as a one-off? Or is he someone that you always have to have with Lamar and Mark Andrews just to capitalize on if that team goes off? So it's a little difficult because rarely does Marquise Brown get there on volume. Um, And I more like to ISO a guy where it's like, okay, he might get, you know, eight catches, 10 catches, and, and he doesn't find the end zone. So the stack doesn't work. He's more of a burner where it's like, okay, he's going to have, if he gets there, he'll probably have a couple of touchdowns through the air. And then Lamar becomes even that much more important. Normally I pair him up. It's a, it's a slow methodical offense because they run so much, but at the same time, it's condensed production with Andrews Brown and Lamar. Uh, if we look at air yards for the season, the free tools up on FDN daily right now, Ridley, DK Metcalf, Thielen, Allen Robinson, Hollywood Brown, Odell, Slayton. Then AJ Green is still up there, although he's dead now, I think. So he's not playing anymore. It was a good run. Um, it's a lot of. I love that. Guy. It's a lot of un. Oh, I had to sneeze. Ooh. Saved it off. Just had had to suck it back in there for a second. Uh, with with Hollywood Brown, I, I get what you're saying with him, but I, I like I said, I don't know if I would play him outside of a Raven stack, which I think is a fine stack this week. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm I'm not. I wouldn't push back hard on that. I think most of, if not all, of my Hollywood Brown exposure will be tied to Lamar. Who else do we go to here? Like the the Bucks. Kenny Galladay. I think that Marvin Jones might be the better play. It's officially Marvin. Like, do I drop Marvin oh, Jones season in my mentions? Like that usually means he's going to score four touchdowns. Yeah, and he does that. Like you're <laughs> not even exaggerating. When Marvin Jones is against the wall, it's not like he has a good game. He just has all his touchdowns for the entire year. So I, maybe I'll take both. Maybe I'll work Hawkinson in when we get there. I'm going to target this passing attack for the Lions. I don't think Stafford is is done just yet. Reasonable tags against this secondary, which I think 
you can make a case is possibly the worst in the league. Yeah, Sidney Jones is all right. So you have to hope that he goes, if you were going to take Marv, you have to hope that he switches or the Lions switch up what they're doing, gets on Galladay uh, to leave Marv open, but it's probably going to work the other way around. So Galladay's probably like the better play of the bunch. Do you think you're going to be paying up for a lot of receivers? Because it seems like a week where we talked about all these running backs in the fives and sixes. You'll probably want three of them. That means you need to save salary somewhere if you want one of the studs. Are there values here? Like, are you a Fulgham prison guy? I, like, obviously, Chase Claypool, I saw a lot in college. I never heard of that guy on the Eagles in my life. He went to, um, he went to the Old Dominion. He was a mighty monarch. The monarchs, yeah, good for him. Uh, no, I, I won't be chasing that, but I do think that there's guys, as we work down, that are, you know, more than viable. Everyone's been waiting Patiently with DJ Moore, we'll see. He showed some signs last week. Not going to look. You mentioned. I got to ask you about T.Y. Hilton, though. He um, did. He did. Don't use T.Y. Hilton. Just don't do it. Okay. Well, that, I asked you and you answered. So maybe that's maybe that's it. I what a sad state of affairs. He's one of my favorite players in the league, and I, I don't know. It's Rivers because ah, uh, so sick. Why couldn't they just get someone else? He would be. 8k in the situation we we relitigate this every single week on the spread show that they had the opportunity to sign cam or Jameis and would be awesome with both those guys that's right correct i mean why sign rivers when you could have signed Jameis for a fourth of the cost who's better rivers at this point of his career yes i agree with all of this uh i certainly on my fair share of awesome shows have said the same thing and i am 100 percent with you I'm just looking down the list here. If Julio doesn't play and that game happens, would you go back to Zacchaeus? Because everyone hates that guy now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, ah, Atlanta is just like so... I tried to go like mega mind genius last week on a couple teams and play Christian Blake. That did not work. Uh, then against Zacchaeus, then either. So I don't know if I'd be messing around. You know what? If Julio sits, I think you can make a case because you mentioned the ownership drop-off will be immense. And who knows what they're going to do? I think it's borderline random. Um, obviously, Ridley seemingly would be in a good spot. But even that, when he got zero on that island game, that was one of the strangest things I've ever seen. The Jags receivers create kind of a problem here if you do want to do the Lions stack because Chark has not been practicing as of today. Chenault hasn't been practicing with his hamstring injury. Would that lead you to a Keelan Cole or a Chris Conley? Or I don't know if Eifert's playing or not with his neck injury. So all of a sudden you can fire up the Irish assassin, James O'Shaughnessy, get him in there. Or do you just use Robinson or just say, fuck it, I'll just use Lions, no Jags. <laughs> no, I'll probably, as gross as it is, try to get a Jag in there. Maybe it'd be Keelan Cole if these guys are real banged up. Maybe my boy D.D. Westbrook will be active oh, for God. a change. Poor guy, oh, yeah. man. That guy really had a career drop-off. Well, Aaron, I thought he was on the verge of greatness, and now it, that seems unlikely at this point. They're just such a tough team. They throw a bunch, but they throw to a ton of guys. This Colin Johnson guy is like a, a red zone threat. I like him, uh, man. He looks good. Yeah, he was, he was a good player in college, but he, he's big dude. Seems like he could have a larger role if some of these guys go down. So I'll probably just let the injury shake out and then plan accordingly. I will be targeting some Jags pass catchers, though, no doubt about it. If the more players that are injured, the easier. Or actually, it might even become more difficult to figure out who's who. Um, yeah. James Bradbury is getting a lot of love this year. 
But I think it's because everyone else on the Giants sucks so much that he looks like semi-competent that people think that he's a lockdown corner all of a sudden. I think McLaurin's going to fucking torch him. I mean, so I'll say a couple things. One, uh, Marlon Humphreys to me is on the short list of guys that I, I seriously worry about when players go against them. And Terry McLaurin against the Ravens, 10 for 118. So he can thrive there. Obviously, Bradbury has shown uh, – he really had a lot of success against Evans and Julio when he was playing them in the South. So I get it. I get that he's, he's a good corner, but you know what? The, the Redskins to Redskins, I've been so good on it too. The football team, uh, 5,700 for him. I don't mind it. I just worry about their QB situation. But, I'm not but, a big believer in Kyle Allen wait, for you, obvious reasons. You were a big believer in Haskins. I'm not going to say I'm a big believer, but you know what? I, that was another one. He throws for so many yards and that's the game you yank him in well like, that, I, I think that was the pride i guess the reports coming out was that he was bragging about his stats after the game well, in the okay, locker well, room. they're like you're an idiot you can't play anymore yeah that that's fair uh god these teams i don't i mean it's better than i like everyone was worried that alex smith was not going to make it off that field last week they can't protect these guys on volume and explosiveness i don't mind it for mclaurin at 57 it's still a dysfunctional team, though. Sure, but it at least seems like they have one receiver that they throw to, and that's him. And he's had the worst matchups so far in the Awful. NFL. And, like, Bradbury's probably his easiest matchup so far. <laughs> I mean, that's—you cannot argue with that. It's just been ridiculous. And he's, in a lot of these matchups, have, has gotten there. So, I, I mean, it's true. Dontrell, Inman, and co. aren't going to really be pushing him for anything. The target share will be his— We'll see what the old uh, the old G men can muster up. If they're going to get one, it's probably this one. They're two and a half point favorite. I would say that Slayton's kind of in that same bucket as McLaurin, where like we just talked about the air yards. McLaurin's also top ten for the year. But AJ Brown, fifty six hundred against Houston. It looks like Corey Davis and Hump Daddy are going to be back off the COVID list. But as long as he doesn't draw, and he probably will draw Bradley Roby, but that's like a Roby can be really good in games, then he can be really shitty the next week. It's really bizarre. So I'm not too worried about the matchup, especially because he's such a like dominant physical player. But in terms of pecking order on the Titans, I don't expect them to put up like 40-plus every single week, although I think their over is hit like 12 or 14 times with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. So maybe we shouldn't be looking at them that way. But it's going to be Henry in the red zone. It's probably going to be Jonu. And if you start bringing the other pieces in the receiving game back in, then it just a lesser market share for AJ Brown, but he can just go off in the spot. It's a pretty good price. Yeah. He's a monster. Um, I mean, the thought of like him and Metcalf together, um, that was some team, but he, he is just, he's a guy that I, I worry about the pack. I think it's very reasonable in terms of, you know, Henry's going to get his touches in the red zone. John who's a red zone guy, but AJ Brown can really just dominate any matchup. And at this price, I'll probably just back him, to, to be honest. That's another game that I have interest in. And if I want to be a little different, because I think most people will be, for obvious reasons, drawn to Derrick Henry, very reasonable price tag on a guy that, you know, if in a different situation, he would not be 5,600. I don't worry about the Q tag. You're going to chase Chase Claypool? Because Johnson no. and Juju have not practiced yet this week. Still, Still no, just on... On principle, I really don't like doing that. Like, gets the rightfully so gets the price bump. Um, 
Certainly we talked about Cleveland isn't immune to getting in these shootouts. I just feel like I'd rather try to get exposure. Hopefully, uh, you know, my first thought was Juju because I think most people won't be drawn there and he's been very quiet lately. I still think he's got a better ceiling than most. Are, are you going to go to Claypool? I mean, I get popular, right? I don't know if both those guys sit, he's definitely going to be popular. Well, then, oh God. I, I don't know. Probably not. The guys that I have more interest in in that like range, like I, I said, Marvin Jones, like I think you don't know what you're going to get from him, but the upside is so enormous and he's only 5,100 bucks. I could probably buy into that, but we kind of skipped over Devonte Parker in the sixes and Preston Williams is down here as well. Like why not just load up against the jets? Yeah, that's a pretty easy case to make each and every week. Uh, and Listen, Preston Williams is a guy that last week showed he's still still going to be an active participant in this offense. You've got Kasiki, you've got Parker. You're not going to you're not going to have a hard time selling me on just targeting a team that has legitimately nothing left. So, I will definitely play them. I'm not sure I'll get to a Miami stack though, I'll be honest. I'd rather just take a piece here or there. What would be your favorite piece, do you think? I think it would actually I'm gonna. I don't want to say I'm trying to like zig and zag, but coming off that big game, I think I would try to find the extra money and just go to Parker. Yeah, I think it's Parker Gesicki if you want to do it. Yeah, I I agree. It's not to say that, like I said, Preston Williams. I actually had a little exposure to him last week, just flying blind, and that that worked out nicely. Not that it really meant much, but I don't think I'm gonna chase that. It's not to say he can't perform again. To me, I'd find the money on a slate like this. I think you can get to Parker comfortably. Yeah, T. Higgins at 47. I'm just, I think that he is a highly skilled player and his big body works really well for Joe Burrow. And I expect Cincinnati's offense to rebound this week now that they're not playing the Ravens anymore. Velda Scantling without Lazard around is in an interesting spot at 4,600. He's so boomer bust. But other than that, don't really have anyone from like way down here. People love using Demir Bird, but how much are they actually going to pass in that game? Maybe if if Corey Davis and um, Corey Davis and Humphrey sit again, you could have Raymond down at thirty two hundred dollars as a big play guy. Brashad Perriman could be back against my like all the Jets guys could be back this week. Which I mean, I don't have a lot of interest in them, but at least Perriman's a burner. Yeah, I mean, he's someone I I played him heavily the week that we last saw him, and he was quite injured. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, I, yeah, I think most people like me, when I looked at the pricing, I was drawn to the Patriots guys. But then when you step back, they're, you know, big 10-point favorite at home. They're going to grind that game on the ground. I don't think the volume is going to be there for those guys. Like I looked at if you want to be sneaky and get exposure, I, I looked really closely at Isaiah Ford, not really into it. Um, there's not that much down there. So unless injuries open something up, I think I'll probably try to stick to like T Higgins, MVS and not dip lower. Tight ends for Z week six slate on DraftKings. Is it Robert Tanyan week for everyone? 5,100 bucks. I mean, this guy, obviously, when you're racking up touchdowns like that, you're going to have some appeal. I do worry that he's just running, I mean, hotter than the sun catching those touchdowns, and we'll have to see. I have a serious – I'm trying to quit Evan Ingram. Uh, It's a process. I think I'm weaning off of him. So what about – no one's really going to go there because it's a very tough matchup. Do you have any interest in Zach Ertz? 
If the guys are back, like if Deshaun is back and Elshon is back, which is both on the table this week, yeah, a little bit. Not much, but a little I think bit. That, I think that he could be – people are going to see the matchup. They're going to see the recent form, for lack of a better term. Not going to be there ownership-wise. Flat five for a guy that we know can explode. I think I might try to jam some of him in, especially – when we talk about like Lamar Hollywood and him, I think that's a really interesting kind of build, and not a lot of people would go there. Would you go double tight end? Go Andrews and Hurts? I don't mind that. Uh, I double up a tight end probably a lot more than I should, so you don't have to convince me of that. And you don't have, I mean, Kittle's not here, Kelsey's not here, so really it's Andrews by himself up there. I think that tag is warranted. And I don't see a ton that stands out, so I will probably try to get there in some spots. I, I like Hawkinson, as I mentioned earlier, for, for the Lions. Yeah, that's a lot to pay for Hawkinson, though. Like, I, I, like Objectively, if we just go based on DraftKings points, Jonu Smith has been the best of all these guys. Yeah, I mean, Jonu Smith, now that they're obviously using him and he's <laughs> when you got five touchdowns in four games, that'll play. So he's explosive, ripped off a monster reception in each game. You could, I mean, I don't even say you could do worse than that. He's a g- active, good play. Question is just how much are you going to double up a tight end? Is it is it around your stacks? Are you one-offing it? I have a feeling a lot of these guys are going to be part of my stacks rather than one-offs. Just looking down the list, Mo, uh, Mo Alicox has not practiced so far this week, and Trey Burton was playing the most snaps and receiving the most work in the passing game. Anyway, he's $3,100. Like, would that interest you at all if Cox doesn't play? Um, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting just because it's Cincinnati. I'm really not, I can't stress enough how Rivers has really soured me on just the Colts in general. That's a good price point. I looked at, and not that I like Baker, took a long look at Austin Hooper though. Uh, targets are starting to emerge. He had 10 last week. Hasn't found the end zone since, uh, well, found it in week four. So one touchdown on the year. 3,900, I think that's kind of a sneaky way to get exposure to that game that does have a total that may be higher than you would expect. So here's some Austin Hooper info for you. Uh, his okay. his target rate, so targets per route run, the last three games, 21%, 32%, 39%. His A dot is just below seven for the year. And when you look at all of the qualified players who have seen more than 25 targets so far this year, that 20, that 38 rate in targets per route run would put him sixth amongst all qualified players between Allen Robinson and DK Metcalf. Just saying, maybe that's the answer. Sub 4K, uh, it's a weird way to get exposure to that game. We've mentioned that, I don't know, the Browns, like Kareem's a little banged up and I don't mind that. So that may be a guy that I look to for some salary relief this week. Just trying to look at just looking at FTN right now. Who the best value is? It's Tanyan. Uh, that's no real surprise. Uh, Irv Smith also kind of pops off too, but we don't know if that game's going to go. I just don't know if I trust. It. Like any time that you play Irv Smith, you can almost pencil in Kyle Rudolph scoring a touchdown. Yeah, that's a a true fact. Um, and Irv Smith, I, it's a guy that I really again thought bigger things. Really slow start showed against Seattle. Maybe he'll have more of a role going forward. I'm not sure if I have to get that low this week. There's not a lot down there for obvious reasons. I think I'll try to stay in that mid-range tight end uh, zone this week. Quarterbacks and the stacks of the week. We've already talked through a lot of the games that we like and want to target. 
But if you were just kind of independently looking at quarterback in a different way, would Ryan Fitzpatrick be the best like points per dollar guy? Uh, I think that's a reasonable assumption. Like if you're starting a cash team with him, I I have no problem with that. Chips in with a little rushing, obviously draws the super matchup. I do worry about like what happens if they score on defense and then the game just gets out of hand immediately. His floor will still be good. His ceiling could be impacted. Uh, I'm probably going to try to get elsewhere for tournaments. So you keep hitting on the Ravens. It feels like they're going to explode. He doesn't, Lamar doesn't have a top 15 week in any of the past four weeks, which is kind of insane, but his price is down for the fourth straight week. And there's nothing really different except for volume from so far this year. So last year, uh, he had a 72% adjusted completion percentage on targets uh, and deep passes and completed 63% of his red zone passes. He's actually completing more of his red zone passes this year, and the adjusted completion percentage is almost exactly the same. He has three games of over 50 rushing yards. It just hasn't... They're not putting up 49 points a game anymore, so it's you know hurting his you know that ceiling game where he blows everyone off the slate. It does feel like it's coming soon, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I, obviously, I, I think it's more than reasonable to think that the Ravens couldn't keep exactly what they did last year up, but that doesn't mean to say they won't have flashes of it. And I thought Lamar, I've obviously I've watched a lot of these games. thought he's been really close. Um, hasn't threatened that bonus just yet. P at 83 against Kansas city on the ground. I think we are still going to see those type of games. The price has dropped. I think just the general consensus on him is soured a bit. So uh, I'm going to continue to buy on a guy that he has, a ceiling that is just different than basically everyone else on this slate at QB. So I'll find the extra money to get to him in some, some lineups. Hey, well, Deshaun is only $7,000. This could be an interesting opportunity for the Texans playing the Titans coming off like a weird short week. Yeah, this is the ultimate short week. Uh, so that is something to consider. And listen, I, I know it's been a rough start for Houston, but he's still shown flashes and obviously against Jacksonville he had a big game he makes some mistakes but that's not going to hurt you at all if he's going to see this type of volume there's nothing wrong with John Watson and again another competitive game with a solid total uh, between rushing and passing Teddy B is up around like 40 opportunities a game uh, no one's going to want to play him in a very like logical stack against the Bears just people don't want to target that game at all so I think that one can be kind of sneaky if you wanted to go to it play Bridgewater Robbie Anderson like Mike Davis if you want to or sub in DJ Moore or whoever you like and then bring it back with Allen Robinson or David Montgomery one of those two guys that seems like a, a Targeting the you know forty three point total game is probably not a great strategy, but it does seem where that uh, both those offenses are so concentrated that you could probably get away with it. Yeah, and the other thing to like is that the you know in terms of salary, you're not allocating a ton to your actual stack. Those guys are more in the mid ranges. You're not paying up, especially like if you go Montgomery on on the run back. So. I think Bridgewater gets interest because you want to target his skill position players. And if you like them enough, it just makes sense to slide him in in some spots. Uh, for me, it would be Stafford over him. But I get the appeal of going there because DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and certainly Mike Davis make sense. Like I mentioned off the top, that Atlanta game goes, I like Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. If that Atlanta game goes, I'm kind of treating the slate in my mind right now that that game is not going to go. 
Uh, as of right now, uh, just based on what Adam Schefter is tweeting out, that the game has not been rescheduled from Sunday. So as of right now, it's happening on Sunday, which is great news. But uh, I've heard these things can change. At least that's what I've seen with my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, they change a little bit. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, it's happening everywhere. Obviously, Nick Saban has COVID. There's a lot of moving parts with these. So we got to keep an eye on it. If that game plays, though, that instantly becomes uh, – on the short list of my favorite games of the week. And obviously I do a show on Sunday mornings over at Osmo where we'll have clarification and that will change uh, the ownership and the projections for sure. Let's kick or finish this off with defenses for the week. Uh, the Ravens are the most expensive $4,500. That's a lot of money for a defense. Yes, it is. I don't know what to do about that. I, so I think it's a, it's a fade. Obviously right? it's appealing, but but people are still going to use them at 45. It's not like they're going to be unowned. No, they're not. And it's just your window. You are literally, I know you always in, in tournaments kind of need those big plays, but like I'm still of the school that, and the Patriots defense proved me wrong seemingly all year last year that like, even if you're a great defense, you're not that much more likely to, to score touchdowns. Um, I want teams that can generate pressure and I'll roll the dice, but I've, I got to find a, an alternative to paying $4,500 for my defense. Washington at 33 against Danny Fums. <sighs> poor, poor Danny. I mean, I love targeting Washington because they are a team that gets a lot of pressure and they're usually cheap. Um, I have no problem doing that. I, I, I would expect the Dolphins defense to be very popular for obvious reasons at 2,900. Uh, and I have no problem with that. I don't know. I, God, I want to say so badly Cincinnati against Rivers at 21, but they're bad. Uh, the team, I mean, Washington makes the most sense from just like objectively looking at it from a generating pressure to giving up pressure standpoint. The Giants on this slate, like the Chargers are the worst team. The Vikings are the second worst team and allowing pressure to their quarterback. The Giants are the number three team. Uh, and, you know, Danny Fums likes to thumb or throw interceptions and just he's going to throw a lot or if they pressure him, he's going to start running a lot. And we know that Washington can generate a ton of pressure, especially with Chase Young back, like their numbers with and without Chase Young have been pretty pronounced that they do get into the backfield when he's on the field. The other one to look for, and I was kind of surprised about this. I got to find where Tennessee is at. Tennessee doesn't generate a bunch of pressure. They also don't blitz a lot, but Houston's offensive line is horrendous. And listen, Tennessee, again, they're coming off the short week, but they got to, you know, Josh Allen made some mistakes in that game and Tennessee obviously forced them. So they've had a pair of interceptions in three straight, a couple sacks over that. I wish the pressure was a little more. You mentioned they're not, I'd say known for that, but you could do worse. Watson certainly takes some chances out there and he, he holds the ball for a long time. Uh, they could get to him easily in that game. Could you mega mind yourself? into saying use the Jets defense because Fitzpatrick is finally going to pumpkin. I would rather mega mind myself with Cincinnati, but I get what you're saying. I just don't. The problem I honestly have with the Jets is their offense is so bad that their <laughs> defense gets put in sometimes impossible spots. And that actually is a factor with a team this bad. Yeah. And it's also funny, like about the Dolphins defense is that the Jets are so poorly coached that you would expect, oh, they're down by 28. They're just going to just chuck the ball you know, 60 no, times in run. this game. But they, they don't. They run like draws. <laughs> yeah. No, that honestly, there is something to all of that. This game is it should be domination, but I don't know if that necessarily 
is going to produce viable stuff across the board. And I'm, I'm really not looking to do that. I'd rather try to go quote unquote to the more known situations. Uh, and the jets right now are, are so bad that in a lot of ways they're actually unpredictable and that's not the best thing. So if you were to pay up, I think I'm going to go with my narrative that uh, I want to see more from the practice reports. But as it stands right now, if Baker's being a bit wobbly with that shoulder, Steelers D is probably the best value of the top end Ds. For me, it would be New England. Um, I just Denver has just got so many injuries and I don't know what to expect uh, from their QB situation. I'm a big lock guy, but, you know, he's going to be missing basically everyone of value uh and i I have a feeling going into foxborough is not the best situation to come back to you know that minnesota has increased their pressure rate almost every single week they're up to around like a 25 percent pressure rate and they only blitz around 32 percent of the time i mean defenses against atlanta if that game goes i mean it's going to be a super popular game so if you want to like you can get mega leverage. If you think the game isn't a shootout as everyone else does, you might as well consider a defense because that is partly one of the ways that some of these skill position players don't get there. Um, Minnesota's defense was, I know they rebuilt the secondary, but man, what an awful start to the season for them. Maybe they are rounding into form. I'm just trying to find Atlanta here. Atlanta's offense, Atlanta's offensive line, middle of the pack. It's not great. Not not good, not bad, just very average. If you put them up against a high-pressure team that likes to blitz, maybe Matt Ryan does stupid things. Because he'll do that from time to time. Yes, can confirm. Um, listen, paying down for defense uh, with spots like that, I think, is more appealing than taking like the Jets' defense for me. I'd rather use Minnesota if I had to choose. Yeah, that's the one thing that people kind of get out of their mind. Like, we do expect a lot of points in that Vikings and Falcons game if it ends up going. But like you said, a way to negate some of the popular players in that game is, I mean, all you need is a pick six. And then I'll, Absolutely. Like, just look at the Giants last week. They scored like eight DraftKings points. I think they were like the third highest scoring defense on the slate against Dallas. <laughs> oh, no, there's no doubt. I mean, their team, where's the, the Browns defense have been like that? Um yeah, I mean, the Browns defense has had a couple of good games and they've given up points in those, but they've been generating sacks. They're forcing turnovers. They scored last week. You don't need to, sh- obviously you want to shut out, but that's not exactly how you want. You want big play opportunities. You'll gladly give up some touchdowns if that means that the other team is throwing the ball 50 times a game. Absolutely. Ben Raza, thanks for being on to end Ben Raza week on the Pat Mayo Experience. Anytime, man. Excited uh, Excited to do a little double duty this week. Yeah, well, we got Masters coming up. We'll get football work back in. I got Elliot Chris lined up for next week's football show from FTN. But before you get out of here, tell everyone where they can find you doing NFL and college football and all that fun stuff. That's right. Yeah, busy, busy over at awesomeo.com. Obviously, uh, we still have plenty of golf coverage and baseball, but football has taken over. Plenty of tools available. Obviously, Alex Baker himself designed those top stacks, projections, ownership, all of it. We have packages starting from just a week. So come try it out just for a week if you want to. We hope you'll stick around. Uh, No better time to get involved than right now. Did Le'Veon Bell just sign with the Chiefs? Uh, That would be something. And geez, it's just like overkill. How many weapons do they need? Oh, no, it just it just says that Le'Veon Bell plans to sign with the Dolphins, Bills or Chiefs. 
Poor, poor Singletary. He'll probably go to Buffalo. That guy can't catch a break. Well, I mean, Josh, you think Le'Veon Bell's going to enjoy Josh Allen stealing all of his touchdowns if he goes there? No, that, that's fair. Well, that just, why would he go to Miami? It so happens to be the uh, Jets' next three matchups as well. Really? Which is kind of weird because you wouldn't imagine the Jets or anybody needs help beating the Jets, but, you know. <sighs> Fun times. Fun times had by all. Le'Veon Bell. Ugh. Can he be good again? Like, should we just be actively targeting guys that leave the Jets? Like, oh, yeah, they weren't good because they were on the Jets. I mean, it's the Jets. So, yeah, probably. I don't know what he has left. But at the same time, maybe it is just the Jets. Um, I can't think – for some reason, I can't think of a player right now. But there's been, I'm sure, multiple guys – that have been jettisoned off that island and then have emerged back uh, into superstar performances. Do you think that the Dolphins want to sign Bell to get intel on Adam Gase and the Jets? Yeah, that's offense? what they need. I'm sure they're they're real worried about what that guy is thinking. <laughs> All right, Ben Raza, follow him on Twitter at JazzRazDFS. You playing the Thunderdome this week? For what? For football? football? Yeah, you're playing. I, it, not, I, assu- no. I assume you're playing it for golf. Yeah, for golf, I'll be... Well, I'm gearing up for the... They're running a big Thunderdome-esque for the Masters. So I'm going to try to... Uh, Win that again? Add my name to the Millie Maker list in that one. Hopefully, I'll get it done one of these days. Is it a Millie Maker win? To, like, didn't you win that at the Masters like last year, but it wasn't a million-dollar win? So I won the I won the Thunderdome for the Masters when Patrick Reed won it, uh, and it was a couple hundred thousand which was fantastic up top i wish that was a millie maker though obviously <laughs> and then i came in second in the in the large field millie maker last year for football thanks to derrick henry and i wish the guy that won it didn't enter that day but we'll see if we can finally break through one of these times i think uh one of the viewers last week won the 50 cent mini max uh oh. so shout out to him i remember it, uh or sub at FTN Daily as well. I think he would have won the Millie Maker if he entered that lineup. But that's a tough one to figure out because if you're doing the 50 cent mini max, like you're entering 150 lineups, I believe that's what he did because that's like kind of the fun of playing the mini max. It doesn't cost yeah. you all this money to play the 150. I don't think that there was any way that he was going to play 150 into the millionaire right here. So no, you, that's a different. That's like people. You can't beat yourself you know, up about that. No, you can't. And that's like people. I, I think one of the more. It's like oh, I would have won the Thunderdome with my score. It's like, yeah, but you played 50 lineups and you're taking your best score. Like you and everybody else uh, would have won that. So you can't be, can't be yourself up about that one. And that's still a great score. So congrats to that guy. Yeah, I think it was for 5K. I mean, yeah, that'll that'll play. I, I would take it. Uh, and the big difference, too, is like, yeah, you get your one lineup to put in and you don't get to cherry pick, which it's not best ball. Uh, you don't get That's to right. cherry yeah, pick your best, best lineup ball. and put it in. And also it's like, yeah, you entered $50 worth of entries, not $7,000 worth of entries. It gets a bit more pressure filled. I would think I don't play that high of stakes. You do like it. I mean, you maybe you just don't have a heartbeat. If you had one of those like whoop things that your heartbeat would never go up or down. Uh, yeah, I mean, you feel the heat a little. I mean, I'm used to, uh, like, you know how it goes with golf. Like, those Friday sweats uh, can get a little crazy. Football is a little different. Um, the golf live, fi- live final starts next week, so I will be focused on that. That's another one that I elusively seemingly never win. The, you, the live final, the, the world championships that you don't win? Yeah, I'm <laughs> close. I a couple of years ago, Keegan killed me. I came in second. Last year, Griot killed me when he gave the finger to the cup. 
uh, and I came in sixth. So this is this is my year. I just have to avoid Ricky probably, and maybe I can get off to a good start next week. Uh, so it, is it like is the golf final like week after week, or is it just the Masters? So I thought it's funny you say this. I thought it was just the Masters, and I was talking to someone last night, and they were saying uh, like, "Oh, are you ready next week?" It's is they're doing it. It's like two hundred people, then they cut to one hundred, then they cut. And then I think ultimately it ends at the Masters with, I think, 40 people. See, that when I was in the uh, UFC final, that's how it was, yeah. too. I got bumped after the first week, so that was a lot of fun. Still got my yeah, money I'm out not... of it, though. I was like, all right, it's still not bad. But it this is this has to be the shittiest stretch of golf that's to be right. in, like, a world champ. Like, you have, like, two no-cut events, and, like, the Masters is great and everything, but it's everyone's going to play the same guys. I know. I, I was a little... I don't know. I, listen, I'm excited to to take a take a chance with it, but it's not a great stretch of golf. So I'm really going to have to try to figure out how to attack something like that and um, hopefully get off to a good start. That's step one. Yeah, okay, you'll be at Zozo. No one's ever seen yeah, this great. course before, and it's a no cut. Yeah, wait, I don't even know where the Zozo is. It's in at Sherwood in L.A. I think. What? You, what is that? I don't know. I think it's like Robin Hood lives. Like what, what the hell is sheer? Did they play a real tournament there? They're playing a real tournament there. Well, no, I know, but is that something I've ever seen? Like, did they play? I think a a, a normal event there. No, but I think, I think the course is in like the old tiger woods game. (laughs) You gotta go out and buy that. Gotta go do your research. Okay. Okay. I, I I think it's one of like tiger's home courses. Yeah. Well, that doesn't narrow it down. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff, again, I'm going to have to uh, dig in and get into the lab and figure this out. Sherwood. Um, someone just asked me a question that just said, am I trading Clyde or Singletary's with worries of Bell? It didn't say for who. Just trade him for nothing. Just yes. Yeah, yep. yeah. Do it. <laughs> yep, got to do it. I asked him. I was like, well, for who? He's like, equal value. I was like, well, <laughs> great. Yeah, sure. What's equal yep. value at this point? Smart. Um, Already then. A very crazy question. Anyway, at Jazz DFS for Ben Raza. No, no. Before I let you go, here's the move. Heritage, okay. Colonial, like that stretch should be the world championship. I could get down with that. Maybe a little Valspar in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? Do Honda, Bay Hill, Valspar. Make that the, That's great. the three-week Florida Swing Golf World Championships. I do seemingly good during that time of the year, so that would be fantastic. And those are hilarious, like, blow-up courses, too. Yeah, water balls. Yeah. Just be tilted. Count me in. Count like, me in. Non-stop tilt the entire three weeks. <laughs> All right, fun golf talk at the end of NFL. Anyway, yeah. I'm Pat Man. You can follow me at the PME Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Listener's League link, description, cheat sheet, DK playbook, pivots, ftndaily.com. ftndaily.com right now is running a 25% discount overall. You type in code M-A-Y-O, mayo, and get yourself even more of a discount. Optimizer, the shadow index, the projections, everything you need to help yourself prepare for the week six slate and beyond is all up at ftndaily.com. So please go check that out. And you know, smash the like, rate and review the show, all that fun stuff too. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!